Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we will look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. Today we have a special program. We had planned to speak on the Bible, physical health and spirituality, but today we're laying aside that uh, that particular subject. Our Bible study segment today, we're speaking about religious freedom. We're taking a religious freedom emphasis because churches of many denominations this particular weekend are going to be featuring uh, that particular theme. This is so important uh, for the era in which we're living. Uh, freedom from Faith is going to be sponsoring that weekend, and today we're talking about religious freedom. Today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher, and David is the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Welcome, David. Good afternoon, Gary. Hello, listeners. It's I don't know wherever you are around Australia, but it's pretty cold in Adelaide, isn't I it, I tell you what, winter has arrived big time, hasn't it? It's cold. It certainly is cold, and you don't even have a jumper on. I take my hat off to you big time. It's also wonderful. Now, look, guys, this afternoon we have got in our studio a second person. Now, uh, we've got Pastor Joel Slade with us. Now, it is fantastic to have uh, Joel joining us in the studio. We needed additional input to be able to get more wisdom on this particular subject. But, Joel, now you're the youth director. Now, you're the person in South Australia who's paid to have fun. Now, I reckon that your job would have to be the best job anywhere. Now, tell us, uh, tell us something. What does a youth director do? Yeah, it's a good question, Gary. So that's what I was told before I took on the job. Since I've taken on the job, I realise there's a few more emails to send than uh, what I would consider fun. But yeah, look, I, I really enjoy what I do. I run youth camps around the state. I'm particularly interested in the developmental stages uh, of teens and then moving into young adulthood and what that transition looks like. And so we provide a lot of opportunities for young people to explore faith, to explore the role that faith and uh, Christianity can have in their life. And hopefully, have a bit of fun in the meantime for sure is it do you think it's it's important for young people to actually be exposed to a religious faith at a young age i certainly look yeah, in my own experience, uh, religion and the exploration of Christianity has provided a lot of insight that I wouldn't have gained otherwise. And so for me, it provides a context to really explore the world and a structure through which to ask the big questions. And so I think it's really important for young people to have some sense of structure and support in navigating a really difficult transitional period in life, which is teenage. And uh, yeah, that transition from teenage years into adulthood. So, yeah, yeah, no, look, that's actually so important. I'm so conscious that so many times people actually say, look, hey, I'm not going to uh, teach my children the scriptures. I'm not going to push religion onto them. I'll let them choose for themselves uh, when they become adults. I mean, how would you respond to that? 
Yeah, look, I actually was talking to someone just yesterday that shared that that was their parents' approach and they were almost lamenting of the fact that they didn't have any guidance through that process because let's be honest, uh, if Google is your guide, you're not going to get a lot of confidence in the sort of material and the diversity of thought that exists in society. And so, uh, look, it really is a challenging period. It is challenging to in order to discover truth on any level, uh, mm. whether that's the truth as to what's healthy for our bodies. Uh, I can get a range of opinions on this topic. When we move into spirituality, there's even more diversity, believe it or not, than in the yeah. realm of health. And so, having someone that's been down the track, uh, that's been down a path, that's discovered something, and here's the important part for me, having a model that has discovered something of benefit, of value, that is then able to instill those values into the next generation is imperative. If what we've found as adults isn't good for us, there's no point in passing that on, right? Mm. But if we've found something of value, if we've found something of substance, then certainly we'd want to pass that on to the next generation. And so, I think that coaching um, and and modeling for our young people is really important. And I believe that uh, religious thought and certainly biblical principles can play a big part in helping us navigate a really difficult uh, period of our lives and also provide some structure and support for us in trying to determine what is good for us, what is helpful for us. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of benefit there. It's interesting, Gary, um, just listening to this conversation, there are also parents that aren't religious, that Mm. may have grown up with a religious experience but left that, and yet some of them still want their children to experience what they experience so they can make their own minds up. In other words, there are parents that may not practice but still see benefit of their children being exposed. Now, that is wonderful on one hand, uh, but on the other hand, wouldn't it be wonderful if the parents were there to... Uh, model for their children. Yeah. So I, I, I guess what I'm saying is there are still some parents that don't throw the baby completely out with the bathwater. Mm, yeah. I, I suppose to me, I mean, I would much prefer my children to certainly understand a considered view that comes from mum and dad rather than an inconsidered view that comes from maybe from the secular media mm, out there because mm. that's, that's where most of our, many of our young people are actually picking up mm. their, uh, their thoughts on, uh, the, big wide world and their world view at this particular point in time. Mm. And, and that's why we couple this learning process with a lot of activities that you would consider fun, Gary. Uh, and, and that's because we, we I used to be a youth director myself once upon a time, Joel. Uh, I, I can see the greys, mate. I believe you. I've got a few of my own uh, to add to the collection. But so, so what I was just going to say was I think it's really important, especially for young people, to have um, a learning experience coupled with um, fun. Yeah. Because we're not just trying to tell people what to do or how to live. We're trying to model that. And so what we do is provide experiences, shared experiences where people can come together, learn from one another, grow together. And I think one of the main things for me in working in this sphere is I'm not trying to tell someone how to live their life. I'm not trying to um, be arbitrary or anything like that when it comes to the sharing of my faith. What I'm trying to do is simply I'm growing in the process. I, I'm asking God, how can I put the principles that you've supplied for me through Scripture into practice in my life? And then how can I show others how to live in a way that is going to be beneficial for the entire community, not wow. just for myself? Yeah. And I believe yeah. that that is in direct contrast to how we are being raised um, and how society views use um, 
Yeah, just it's actually how Christ worked, isn't it? Because what Christ did was he mingled with people, he associated with them, he spent time with them, he fellowshiped with them, and after fellowshipping, sharing, and talking with them, uh, then he was able to teach them, hey, here is a better way Mm. of doing life. Mm. And it's really interesting, Gary. There was a report done recently by some uh, Christian schools, some research undertaken, and it showed that it was called the Cardis Report, and it essentially showed that the education outcomes from state schools and from religious private schools is relatively the same. Mm -hmm. But it showed there was a glaring difference um, between uh, people that went to Christian schools, students that went there, and the outcomes from marriage and relationships uh, held together much uh, stronger percentage, but also the commitment and the giving back into community was far greater by students that went to uh, religious private schools than those that went to state schools. In other words, uh, Christianity and what Christianity offers is not just about for the individual, but it benefits the whole of the community. Yeah, which yeah, is- yeah. No, that's really important what you've actually shared. I think that uh, that really sends, uh, sends bucket loads of wisdom uh, uh, to us. Now, look, uh, earlier today, too, it was also my pleasure to spend some time in our studio with Rita Pizzoni. Now, Rita is a really special uh, lady. She, she visits us shopping centres, trade fairs. She sells uh, the Christian literature. I love some of the material that she actually offers. Now, some of you, some of listeners may actually remember uh, many years ago the 10-volume Bible story. Some maybe remember the Uncle Arthur's uh, series of, of books, Uncle Arthur's Bedtime Stories. I remember them when I was a kid. I was amazed. I discovered today that those books are still available in an updated style, not the uh, style that I had when I was uh, was a kid, um, but she is still selling those books and these are quality these are really quality uh, quality books i had opportunity to actually be able to spend spend just uh, five or six minutes just chatting to uh, uh, to uh, uh, to rita and uh, uh, please enjoy uh, i believe her thoughts are so significant uh, to many of the issues that we have uh, have just been chatting to Rita, welcome to our Faith FM Adelaide studios. It is so fantastic uh, to have you uh, with us. Are you enjoying our winter weather here in Adelaide? Not really, Gary. Sorry, I'm not one for the cold. I know we need the rain and it's great to have the rain, but I definitely prefer a warmer weather. You're a warmer person. I love being in this studio on days like this. You know, it does get in the middle of summer, you know, when it's hot outside, uh, the studio can get a little bit warm in here, but in the middle of winter, Winter, uh, with the heater going, uh, this is certainly the place to uh, to be. So it's wonderful to be able to be in here. And thank you so much for coming in and joining with us. Now, Rita, you must be one of the few remaining specialist health uh, children's books sellers because you sell both health and children's books. Right. You're a specialist seller uh, and you must be one of the few remaining in Australia today. Is that the case? I think so, definitely, yes. The special thing about um, the work that I do is that I am mobile. We actually go out to shopping centres, we go to fairs, country fairs, city expos, festivals, and we also, when we meet people, we um, make appointments with them and we go to visit them in their homes. So we do specialty home visits. Wow. And, And, you know, Rita, the thing that I really appreciate about your ministry is the fact that you have books that even the big booksellers like Kurong 
don't have. And I am just so impressed with the books that you've got. You know, I remember, you know, years ago, and I know that uh, all these have been updated a long since, but I remember the, the 10 volume Bible story. I remember Uncle Arthur's bedtime mm-hmm. stories. I, in fact, once upon a time, I did actually spend some time uh, presenting these same books myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, I've certainly shared them with my own children. But, you know, one of the things that really jumps out to me are the sheer quality of the books that you do actually present. These are the sort of books that are, are sort of fantastic resources for mum and dad to be able to share with their children or for grandparents to be able to share with their uh, grandchildren. One thing I'd love to know, Rita, is there still a demand for health books and children's books in our society today? You know, so many people that uh, I come across simply aren't reading. Are people really reading enough to uh, warrant books? I think there's definitely people out there, Gary, that love books, have been raised with books, want their children raised with books and still love cookbooks. I know there's a lot that people can do online these days, but there are definitely people out there that do love their books and in particular our books. We do have special books and um, excellent quality and so, yes, we they still are drawn to our books and uh, they're very popular in the community. That's certainly, and that's not an understatement. Actually, they are they're incredibly, uh, incredibly popular. Can I now, just say we have come a long way too with our books, and even though people walk up to us and remember the Uncle Arthur bedtime stories or the Bible story series or My Bible Friends, they will just be drawn to that and say, "I grew up with these books. Are they still around?" And they'll purchase them for their own children. So you've got similar books today. We have the same books. They've been updated, and we have. A, a different variety and range of. Oh, so if people there. actually want Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories, maybe to read to a to a grandchild, something mm-hmm. something like that, they can actually get that from from you. Absolutely. You're the lady, the Uncle Arthur's lady. Yes. I tell you what, that that I, I didn't actually realise. That's something that I didn't know that it was physically possible to still get Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories. I knew that they'd all been updated, and I've been really impressed with some of the updates. But uh, some of those books, they've got tremendous uh, stories in them. And sure uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, that's really fantastic. Now, look, uh, Rita, tell us. What is your bestseller? My bestseller, well, we have a few bestsellers, but in particular, I think at the moment, one of our beautiful health and nutrition books called Food as Medicine would have to be one of our most popular books. Okay, tell us a little bit about Food as Medicine. Okay, so Food as Medicine is written by Sue Rad. She's an Australian dietitian, not just a, a normal dietitian. She's a bit more than that. She's actually an advanced accredited practicing dietitian, which is a credential awarded to less than 2% of dietitians in Australia. Wow. So she's got the qualification. She knows what she's talking about. Absolutely. Now, she had a a dream or a vision to create her own nutritious cookbook because not all cookbooks are healthy and they're not nutritious. Yes. So, uh, and she wanted it to be plant-based and not only did she win an award for the best in Australia, but she won an award for the best in the world and it's called the Gormand World Cookbook Award. 
Wow. And can I say, just looking at this, this is an impressive looking book. This is no uh, little, uh, little insignificant book. It's a, it's a large book. It's thick uh, and it's crammed full of incredible uh, plant-based recipes. Absolutely. And it's called Food as Medicine. That's right. It's a gorgeous, beautiful, attractive book. Um, that would that tell us a little bit more about the book. Okay, so it has 150 different plant-based recipes, and it's a lot of multicultural recipes. Sue herself comes from a Croatian background, mm-hmm. and uh, she's been all around the world, and she's just put the best of different countries um, recipes throughout the book, and also at the top of. The page, she gives us some nutritional information about that particular recipe. Yeah, no, j- just looking at those, I, uh, in fact, just looking at that book, you've almost sold it to me, actually. I mean, that, Rita, food is medicine. It's a, it's an impressive looking book, but it must have an impressive price as well. It does have an impressive price. We actually ask people when they come up to us, um, when we're, in shopping centres, for example, and they'll say, oh, about 70 or $80. But the great news is, is that it's just $55 retail price. $55 is retail price. Now, mm-hmm. do I understand it that uh, if our listeners want this, you're happy to give them a, a small discount? Did I did I understand that correctly? 10%. You're happy to give them 10%. So really, if you take uh, $55, that's uh, $55.50. So this t- drops it down to about $49.50, somewhere, exactly. somewhere in that particular exactly. order yeah. hey that is a that is a real bargain for this uh, for this particular book and uh, uh, look uh, folks if you're interested in the book food as medicine uh, why don't you contact uh, Rita no let look why don't you text us here at the studio now our studio drive time number is 0488 880811 that number again is 0488 880811 and just give us your name your address your telephone number and just simply say food as medicine and we will put you in touch uh, with Rita if you're outside of the Adelaide area then we'll put you in touch with the local representative in the area uh, that you're actually living and uh, I believe you'll greatly appreciate uh, this uh, this particular uh, book now thank you so much for that Rita really appreciate that number again if you're interested in uh, being put in touch with uh, with Rita uh, for this book food as medicine uh, then please text us here at the uh, at the studio with your name your address your telephone number and just simply the code words food as medicine and we'll know exactly what you're looking for uh, that number again is 0488 880811 880811 Rita thank you so much for coming in and sharing with us today uh, really appreciate the wonderful work that you do uh, in being able to distribute in this literature ministry to so many different people you're very welcome Gary thanks for having me look Blessings forward to on coming you. back thank bye. you bye 
And that was Rita Pizzoni earlier today just uh, chatting on about one of the best health books uh, that I know of anywhere. Uh, food as medicine. Uh, it's uh, got at least 150 uh, recipes in it uh, and it tells you why those recipes are so good for you. Uh, that book is really worth getting your hands on uh, if you've got uh, $49.50. And uh, look, if you want that uh, that information, we can put you on to Rita. Uh, please uh, just uh, text us through to our studio text number here. Uh, that number uh, here again is 0488880811. You'll come to really appreciate uh, that particular book. Uh, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, love this particular song, uh, Linda Randall. Uh, God on the mountain. is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known but things change when you're down in the valley don't You're never alone For the God on the mountain Is still God in the valley When things go wrong He'll make them right And the God of the good times Is still When life's at its best Now it's down in the valley Of trials and temptations That's where your faith Is really put to the test For the
and that was Linda Randall, uh, God uh, on the on the mountain. What a beautiful message in uh, in that particular song. Uh, look, folks, in addition to uh, that book that you can purchase, we do actually have a free giveaway for you today. Uh, the book is entitled. This is a small small book, but a real beauty. Uh, it's called uh, Health and Wellness: uh, Secrets uh, That Will Change uh, Your Life. Uh, how much would you pay uh, to learn the secrets of lifelong health and wellness? This book uh, deals with that particular issue, health and wellness. It's a sh- it's a small, colourful book uh, that will really touch you. If you'd like a free copy of the book, Health and Wellness, Secrets That Can Change Your Life, uh, please just check text your, your, your name, your address, your telephone number. Uh, and with that uh, health and wellness, just those uh, those two words, uh, and once again to our uh, to our drive drive time number oh four double eight double eight oh eight eleven that number again is oh four double eight double eight oh eight eleven you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher, and David's president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. We've also got with us Pastor Joel Slade, and Joel is our youth director uh, in the uh, South Australian Conference, and it is wonderful uh, to have Joel with us today. Today in our Bible study, we're speaking about religious freedom, the religious freedom emphasis that churches of many denominations are going to be featuring uh, this particular weekend. This is such an important subject that we've actually laid aside the regular, the expected subject of the day so we can talk about this particular issue. It is so key uh, to so much that's actually occurring uh, in our world at this uh, at this particular uh, point in time. It's just uh, a matter of uh, uh, just a, a week or two back that Christianity Today in its current issue uh, has an, an article. It's entitled The 50 Countries Where It's Most Dangerous uh, to Follow Jesus in 2021 and this was some of the material they shared every day 13 Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith every day 12 churches or Christian buildings are attacked every day 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned and another 5 are abducted So reports the 2021 World Watch List, the latest annual accounting from open doors of the top 50 countries where Christians are the most persecuted for following Jesus. Last year, the article says, 45 nations scored high enough to register very high persecution levels on open doors question matrix. This year, for the first time in 29 years of tracking, 50 have qualified, as did four more nations who fell just outside of the cutoff. Now, this is... This is staggering. When I read this, I sort of thought, hey, this is something that uh, many of us have certainly not realised. Now, uh, tell us, Joel, do you think we take our lives here in a safe old Australia a bit for granted? Yeah, look, I, I definitely do. I spend quite a bit of time with the international community here in South Australia, and it, it's generally accepted amongst internationals that uh, the quality of life here in South Australia that, that is on offer is, is 
is really good compared to a lot of other countries that you can come from. And, and, and so I, I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily talking negatively of other countries. I just think it, it is a fact that here in Australia, uh, we really, we do take for granted the quality of life that we enjoy. And I think that part of that is just the openness that we have to explore thoughts. Mm. Different thoughts, varying mm. thoughts. So important. And, and so, yeah, a lot of a lot of the community that I'm uh, interacting with are university students, and they yeah. really appreciate the opportunity that they have here in Australia to to really drill down into different ways of life, different ways of thinking. And a lot of the countries that they're coming from doesn't necessarily provide that same opportunity. Even even if you think about it, what we're doing here right now is something that in many countries would actually be forbidden. It would be something that you could um, receive a knock on the door if you were caught doing what we're doing here and talking about issues of religious freedom because the freedom that we have here is not taken for granted in so many countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, the article uh, just kept on, uh, just kept on going. Uh, worldwide registered martyrdoms, and uh, you know, I mean, who thinks that there's martyrdoms actually happening today? Worldwide registered martyrdoms rose to 4,761 in the 2021 report. So these are people dying for their faith. These Is are people correct? who are dying for their faith. These are martyrs. I mean, I, uh, we sort of think that in a martyrdom, you know, that, we tend to think, you know, concluded back in the dark ages. Mm. But no, worldwide registered martyrdoms rose to 4,761 in the 2021 report, up 60% from the 2,983 tallied the year before and surpassing the 4,305 deaths noted in the 2019 report. And then there's a little note here in... From Christianity Today, Open Doors is known for favouring a more conservative treatment than other groups who often tally martyrdoms at a 100,000 a year. You know, when I read that, I sort of thought, hey, these are not uh, radical figures. These are actually conservative figures, uh, you know. Four and a half thousand conservatively, people they can actually put names to uh, have actually died for their faith in the last 12 months. When I realized that, I sort of thought, hey, um, this, this is a huge challenge, uh, to, to me in my society today. But David, look, I'm wondering if I can actually come to, come to you because, uh, I'm, I'm conscious that uh, I want to bring this issue into, uh, um, our situation here in, in good old Oz. I mean, we're safe, we're secure, we can largely uh, say what we like. We, um, that may be under challenge in certain areas. But look, David, um, this, um, uh, are there examples, uh, in Australia, uh, of, um, challenges to religious freedom? Most definitely. It's, it's a real significant challenge that we are facing. Um, <clears throat> who would have thought that Christian freedoms would be challenged in this country and yet continually Christianity is being squeezed out of the public's, public sphere of influence? To give you some examples, um, there are some laws that uh, were enacted in Victoria, uh, conversion therapy laws when it comes to the LGBTQ community. Mm. Uh, and uh, it was an, an order or an act passed in 2020, uh, sorry, that was uh, 
brought in in 2020, passed in February of this year, 2021, yeah. and will come into effect uh, next February, I understand, mm-hmm. in Victoria. There are similar laws, but certainly uh, haven't gone as far that have uh, been passed in Queensland and also the ACT. And there is certainly talk of um, uh, of similar laws that have been passed in Victoria being enacted in WA. So this is really spreading, but what is that legislation actually saying? Well, I guess before we get there, Gary... Um, it, the things that are under attack or under um, uh, under pressure are these. Uh, can religious people and institutions be protected from discrimination on the basis of their beliefs or activities? Uh, and, and to go further with that, um, do faith-based institutions and communities have the right to their identity and values through shaping their membership, leadership and staffing according to their beliefs? In other words, could a Christian school... Um, uh, say we will employ people with the same faith or ethos as us. Mm-hmm. Now, if that is under attack, then a in- faith institution may have no say in um, who gets the job. In fact, it could be someone that has no belief or it could be someone that has a, a complete belief completely anti and may be able to spread it. Mm-hmm. Okay. A- and then thirdly, I guess, um, uh, can r- religious people... Um, have the right to pray for people, uh, including who they pray for and what they pray for. So this particular- just, uh, just open that one up for us, David, because I'm I'm a little bit uh, um, I, I'm not quite getting it on that particular point at the moment. Okay, so the the change or suppression conversion practices prohibition bill that um, was passed in the Victorian government essentially. Um, may impinge, there's a lot of vague wording and legislation there, but a change of suppression practice is defined to include but is not limited to religious practices that may involve a prayer-based practice. In other words, this legislation is aimed at um, protecting those who who uh, want to change their identity or are concerned about their identity and their gender mm-hmm. and there is talk that it may even impact if, if a, a person comes to a pastor, for example, and says, look, I've got some feelings, I'm not sure about my gender or, you know, questions in this space. If a pastor says, let me pray for you, or even gives biblical counsel from the word of God in regard to this, mm. even at that individual's request, that person's request, they could be breaking the Victorian legislation okay. and face the full effect of the law. Okay, so in other words, my act of praying for someone who perhaps has even requested prayer um, could become a contravention of the law. Over these things, absolutely. Okay. So, Gary, anti-discrimination laws are now discriminating against certain faith groups? Is that what is that what I'm hearing here? Well, that appears to be, and certainly yesterday, listeners would be aware, we had Pastor Michael Worker uh, come and uh, come and join us uh, yesterday, and he made a really interesting uh, uh, statement, and that is that uh, within Australia, uh, currently there are no defined rights 
uh, for uh, those of uh, uh, those of a religious belief. We have got a freedom of religion in Australia uh, because of a thing called a social contract. In other words, this is the way that we actually do business. It's because we naturally we for for years we've done business this way. Therefore, we've lived and we we've let lived. But there's actually been no legislative protection. And this was actually one of Michael's uh, uh, major points. Uh, listeners would be aware uh, yesterday that uh, without that legislative protection, you can actually have legislation uh, come in that can do away with the social contract. And to me, as I as I had that, I read that, I sort of thought, hey, uh, that is something that has huge impact on the way that we actually do business today. Because it was there was never laws enacted in Parliament, yeah. Gary. I've been um, looking at an article from the Human Rights Law Alliance. Human Rights Law Alliance. I'm sure you'll find them online. And it was dated the second December 2020. Uh, it's called uh, talking about the Victorian legislation. Updated advice on the change of suppression conversion practices prohibition bill. 2020 Victoria. And um, it, it um, talks about a lot of the challenges for for Christians and faith-based organisations, not just Christians. Uh, and it says the definition of change of uh, suppression practices to be banned in this conversion bill in Victoria, this was put out before the bill was passed, yeah. is broad and imprecise. And that's one of the challenges with this legislation. It is very ambiguous. And it says it specifically targets Christian sexual ethics to expressly include, now it's quoting from this act, to expressly include carrying out a religious-based practice, including but not limited to a prayer-based practice, a deliverance practice, or an exorcism. So if we just focus on a prayer-based practice, as I said, uh, we're all pastors sitting here. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, it can even extend, uh, it's suggested, to Christian families where a child goes to the parent and says, look, I'm not sure uh, whether I want to be uh, a boy or a girl. Yeah. Uh, the parent potentially, with the ambiguity of this legislation, could potentially be charged if they pray or give advice. A pastor could be charged if they're praying for this individual that says, look, I don't want to feel the way I'm feeling. Can you help me? Okay, so what we've got here is an incredibly dangerous situation because as pastors, I mean, certainly the number of times that people have come to me, I've talked to them, we've counseled together, and we've concluded by saying, look, hey, can I pray for you about that particular matter? And of course, the person's always very happy for me to actually pray, pray with them and to, uh, and to take their, their issue. And I believe prayer is incredibly powerful. I believe there's, there's power in, uh, in the word of prayer. Of course, our secular society does doesn't actually accept that. And yet what we've got here is a secular government uh, forbidding me as a pastor saying, hey, look, you know, we don't want you praying for someone who is calling out for help. And to me, as I look at that, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I believe that's totally inappropriate. And it's something that at some point we, uh, I believe we need to simply say oh, we're not doing that. And this is really what it's coming to, and perhaps not just for Christian uh, people, but for other faith-based groups too, potentially. But it comes to the point where we have the Word of God, the written Word of God, the Holy Bible, which is very clear, not just on 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 things such as homosexuality, but uh, fornication, sex outside of marriage, and other sexual practices. So it's not just homosexuality the Bible talks against, but these laws, these anti-suppression laws with conversion therapy that have gone through Victoria, and, and lesser harsh ones through Queensland and the ACT, these uh, will bring to a point, at some point, 
whether Christians will stand by the word of God or whether they'll keep their mouths shut. Uh, I think what's even scarier there is not even the fact that uh, we as Christians cannot promote or discourage people from changing genders. I, I think that that's a big deal, right? Yeah. That's yeah. not necessarily something that we're going to come across every day. But what's even scarier about what's written into this bill is the definition there of actual sexual orientation, which is so broad, meaning that it's not just talking about homosexuality or some of these practices that that are, are, are spoken against in Scripture. It's actually even broader than that in, in terms of abstinence or saving sex for marriage in a heterosexual context, yeah. I can't even, uh, according to this bill, I can't even encourage young people to live a life of, um, to, to live um, according to the principles that are taught in Scripture in a very broad sense that even 40 years ago in Australia would have been taught in most homes around the yeah, country, yeah, right? And yeah. so, so what we're seeing here is a massive shift, and it's, it's uh, in particular, it's in relation to particular issues, but it's so broad that it's actually really impacting freedom in a big way. Yeah, yeah, way. and certainly us as pastors, uh, one of the, the things that I, I really appreciated uh, yesterday, Michael pointing out, was that uh, Victorian legislation, actually uh, the net spreads wide enough so that if I say something here in South Australia and a person finds it particularly offensive uh, in, in Victoria, then I come under the Victorian law, and to me I'd be really interested to, to know how the High Court would actually deal with that type of, uh, that type of an issue. But, um, hey, it, it simply hasn't been tested. And because religion in Australia is nothing more than a social contract, there are actually no protections uh, for the religious person. And, and this, is, uh, uh, this is one of the reasons this particular weekend, uh, Freedom uh, for Faith uh, group are encouraging Christian churches to become involved in a religious freedom weekend. And we're certainly uh, supportive of that particular act. And we're certainly going to be... Uh, following uh, that particular advice. And I'd encourage our churches uh, right around the country uh, to actually become involved in this particular weekend. But look, let's come to some music right now. This is Kath- uh, Catherine Carnilli, uh, Micah uh, 6-8. This is a powerful, a powerful message. For he has shown thee, oh man, what is good and his right plan What the Lord does require Let this be our desire To do justly To love mercy
powerful message there is in that song what does the Lord require of thee O man but to do justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God uh, Micah 6 8 there is a powerful message in that uh, for what we're discussing what we're talking about uh, today now folks remember our free giveaway for you today is the uh, is the little booklet health and wellness secrets that will change your life uh, this is a real little beauty uh, love uh, love this book uh, look if you would like uh, the book health and wellness secrets that will change your life uh, please text your name, your address, your telephone number to us here at our drive time uh, text number. That uh, number again is 0488 811. Uh, also, if you want to contact uh, Rita for that uh, big uh, for that big book uh, that uh, she was talking about today, um, that same number, and uh, we can certainly put you in touch with uh, with Rita. That book is entitled uh, uh, "Food as Medicine." You'll really love uh, that uh, that particular book. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary today. Our co-host is Pastor David Butcher, and David's the president of the Seventh Day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Uh, and our Bible study today, we also have with us uh, Pastor Joel Slade. And uh, Joel is the uh, youth director uh, for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz, and it is so good to have uh, Joel with us. In our Bible study today, uh, we're talking about religious freedom. This is an emphasis that many churches are giving uh, this particular weekend uh, because of the uh, sensed need in Australia. And we're really wanting to support uh, this uh, freedom, a religious freedom, Freedom Weekend that's occurring uh, this particular weekend. Now, look, uh, I'm just conscious we need to bring all of this together if we cast, uh, we possibly can. Uh, Joel, look, tell us something. Let's just come very briefly to the Bible. Do you think are Christians going to face persecution? Yeah, look, there's no question, Gary. It, it says very clearly in Second Timothy chapter three and verse twelve. Yes. 
and that's almost, that's almost fright- that's almost frightening <laughs> it certainly is it says yes in answer to a question as to whether or not Paul has been over overcome persecution it says and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, meaning that every Christian that wants to live out their faith, that wants to express their faith in some way, will come up against persecution. Now, why is this, Gary? Why is this? I believe it's because we are living in a society where there are some who are willing to suppress certain thoughts or the exploration of certain ideas. And I just think that that's really important that we clarify this. We as Christians are not sitting here saying... We need to teach or indoctrinate everyone according to our ideas. Yeah, yeah. We're not saying that. What we're saying is that all ideas that, 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 that we live ex- in a pluralistic society. And as because we live in a pluralistic society, it means that there are many different uh, beliefs and values out there, uh, of which Christianity is certainly one Correct. and certainly to have, uh, the, the ability. In fact, I would go as far as to say, Hey, uh, to be able to freely and openly uh, discuss those, discuss those, um, um, those uh, topics. Yeah. Those for sure. topics. Yep. Uh, in to me, growth occurs That's it. when we bounce off each other. That's it. And so what I see the trend being in society today is the suppression of thought or this the 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 not feeling comfortable to express certain thoughts for fear of how you may re- be received, right? Yeah. And so this is a really scary place to live yeah. because when you don't feel comfortable to express certain thoughts or ideas or concepts, it, it begins to fester and that's not a place that we want to be. What we want to be able to do is openly discuss ideas. We want to bring ideas to the table that may not be favorable and hear other ideas on the subject. And I believe that that's how learning and as you just suggested, growth occurs. And that that's the very model that our universities are set out to, to teach. That's the way that they educate is by not just bringing a certain point of view across, but by opening you up to many ideas and allowing you to wrestle with concepts that you may not have been exposed to before. It's actually a really sad thing, isn't it, when the person who shouts the loudest is the one who has to be regarded as right. And to me, and that's one of the real challenges I believe that we're actually facing within our society today, because certainly with the, uh, with the internet, it's sort of the, uh, the louder you shout, uh, the better uh, you're going to be heard and mm. uh, the more your ideas are going to be accepted. But look, David, I'm conscious of our time. Now, look, I just want to come across to you because I love being able to send uh, really hard, tough questions to uh, David. He's the president. Uh, really uh, re- appreciate uh, what David uh, does share with us. But David, look, doesn't the scripture talk about being subject to the governing authorities? It certainly does, Gary. And I think you're expressly talking about Romans chapter 13. Uh, right near the end of Paul's epistle to the Christians in Rome, he is writing to them at a time where Nero is the emperor. This is before Nero really uh, leashed out, uh, unleashed persecution against the Christians there. And Paul is uh, challenging these Christians to sort of, as much as possibly is saying, in, in a world that uh, has not accepted Christians, try to live in a way that is peace-loving as much as possible. Try and live like law-abiding citizens who are beneficial to society. So he's telling them, give a positive picture, live as Christ wants you to live, mm. and he says, let every soul be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Later on in Romans 13... 
He uh, he talks about you know uh, paying taxes. In other words, being model citizens, right? Mm. And, and you're smiling at me, Gary. We'll talk about taxes later. Obviously, he says render to the government what's due to the government. He's saying be a model citizen. He ends that passage in in Romans 13 by talking about you know you shall love your neighbour as yourself. He talks about the commandments, not committing adultery, not committing murder, etc. Mm. So clearly, Paul is not laying aside uh, the biblical standpoint. He's saying. Live as a Christian in an unchristian world. Be a model citizen. Be fit in where you can fit in without mm-hmm. compromising. But it's interesting when we look at the entirety of Scripture and the message of Scripture in the early Christian church. We're taken to Acts chapter five. Okay, what does that say? The apostles are before the religious leaders there in Acts chapter five. They're on trial, mm. and the religious leaders are trying to suppress them from talking about Christ. Mm-hmm. We're living in a city, a city today, and a nation today that is trying to suppress Christianity. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and the apostles stand up. They're threatened. They stand up and they say, "But." Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. In other words, where uh, human expectations cut across uh, the divine expectations, the divine expectations actually take precedence. That's absolutely correct. And and Christians need to remember that this is the living word of God. It has power. It will come through in the end. Even if, as Joel has said, we will definitely face persecution, we will. But we still need to live as model citizens wherever we can, knowing that ultimately we need to obey God rather than man when the word of God is... uh is contradicted, is ultimately trying to be suppressed. We need to be faithful to the word of and, God. And there here's go. what's crazy about this, yeah. is that God commands us to love one another. Mm-hmm. What, what God is encouraging us to do in that verse that I read before in Timothy where it says that you will be persecuted for living godly lives or following Christ's example, Christ himself was persecuted. Why? Was he there to uh, oppress the government or oppress the people in some way or, or, or bring a, 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 <laughs> a resurgence or some political agenda? No. What he was there to do was help humanity to model what it means to live as a citizen of a country where you're a blessing to those around you and he was persecuted for that. That's the scary thing in all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, some of the, the very best and the brightest in certain times past have actually been persecuted for the things which they stood for and believed. Uh, and to me, as I look at some of the developments that are occurring in our world today, I'm sort of saying, hey, there is a change, there's a wave happening here that uh, I think we need to be very aware of at this point in time. And Rome was an advanced society, wasn't it? It was a model for the world, if you like, and yet here is Paul saying, live peaceably wherever possible, and we know that the Christians were persecuted incredibly by Nero. Mm. We're living in a society today that is a developed society. Yeah. And what what are we seeing happening through legislation, through various states? The suppression of the voice of Christians and the word of God, Mm. and ultimately it will result in persecution. Wow, wow, yeah. Uh, Joel, look, let's just just finish off if I, if I can. Should we be advocating for justice? I mean, what's the role of uh, Christian people in advocating for justice? Yeah, look, I certainly think we need to be here, Gary. As we just um, heard the song before on Micah 6-8, it tells us to to do justice, to live out justice, and to love kindness. Mm. And I believe that this is so important that we as Christians stand up for our rights. Mm. 
and not just our rights because we are special, but the, the rights of society. I believe that it's important that every Australian has equal access to the freedom of thought, to the the expression of that yeah, thought. Yeah. Now, there are certain thoughts and certain expressions that then uh, cut across other people's freedoms, and that's where we need to moderate this. That's where the role of government comes in, to moderate that so that all have an opportunity to grow up beside one another. Mm. But I believe that it is important that each of us as Christians advocate for our rights, and not only our rights, but the rights of society and those that we... We can speak on behalf of other people as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Joel. Uh, look, folks, if you would like to get more information for your churches for this weekend, um, please go to – there's a there's a uh, resources pack available at www.religiousfreedomweekend.com.au. That is, again, is www.religiousfreedomweekend.com.au. And there is actually a pack there uh, that will tell you everything that you need to know uh, for this particular weekend. Look, uh, folks, I just can't emphasize this enough. If you are part of a church, bring it to your church's attention. Uh, maybe even write uh, to your local member. Uh, and that pack uh, shares with you how you can actually do that. Let me please encourage you to do that. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now. I want to say thank you uh, for being the almighty God. Lord, thank you for calling us to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Lord, I pray that you'd also give us wisdom at this time, uh, that we might know how we can present uh, your word to our society in a positive manner. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining uh, Pastor Gary and Pastor David Butcher with Pastor Joel Slade on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Helen Gray return to the theme of the week and they ask, is physical health and spirituality really connected? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you.